Last time on Video Night. I like the look of your lips. Get over here. My favorite. This is going to be a failure. And by that, we mean Master Fridge. All day. All day. Unwholesome language. Emilio! And now. Video Night. Hello, Michael. Hey, why are you talking like that? Hello, Michael. Hi, hello, weirdo. <laughs> what? I'm what? saying hello, Michael. Okay, you I know what? I say that every show. You know what, Andrew? You're bugging me. You're a bugaboo. Bug off. I'm bugging you? Yeah, you're bugging me. You bugging who? You're a bugaboo. That's actually a nice term of endearment that I use on <laughs> my wife and my cat. Really? Okay. I used to call Rocket a bugaboo as well, but he's no longer with us. Uh. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, Bugaboo. Bugaboo. Hey, uh... What's up? <laughs> I don't... What's up this maybe you don't remember this talking. song. It was too obscure. I was saying the lyrics to uh, Bugaboo by Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs. No, I didn't understand that. And that's never the risk. You bugging me, you bugging who? Oh, it's classic hip-hop, dude. 1991 that no one remembers. And the only person who bought this tape, even his parents are like, Nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I didn't listen to New Jack Swing very much. And it sounds like something that would be in that era. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Uh, speaking of that era, we're talking about Big Bug Movies, and it starts in 1987. With the blue monkey. At 7 p.m., County Memorial Hospital was placed under a Class 4 quarantine alert. I've never seen any strain of bacteria with a configuration like this. It's not what's gotten into their patients that worries them. It's what's getting out. Oh, my God. It's one of a kind. The entrances are completely sealed. Sunken pig. No one is permitted in or out until further notice. It's Friday night. It's always like this. The male paralyzes the victim by stinging it. When those eggs hatch, you're going to have a lot of hungry larvae. Oh, my God. They're still alive. Listen, fire! The blue monkey is coming. It's giving a buzz. And coming. We still have a few bugs to learn out. And still coming. Blue monkey. You can only say blue monkey like Steve Martin does in Looney Tunes Back in Action. The blue monkey. Oh, okay. Because I was just going to say it like blue monkey. Oh, blue monkey coconut water. What's brought to you by? Oh, I did that out of order. What? I don't know. Have you have you been drinking blue monkey coconut I've water? I've never heard of it. Really? Yeah, and I like coconut water, but I've never heard of blue monkey coconut water. And this movie about a giant bug. It's called Blue Monkey. Had why? I known, why is it called Blue Monkey? I even watched it. And I still don't. Yeah, I'll it. tell you why in a minute. Had I known about the coconut water, I would have been like constantly thinking about this movie while drinking coconut water. That's a really interesting fact, I'm sure. So, Blue Monkey is a... <laughs> I burped. We don't know how to start this episode. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I just burped is all. I had this weird pause because I burped. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you infected? Do you have a stomach worm? Oh, no. Nope. So, so uh, a botanist dude is flirting with a lady. They're old, and it's kind of a cute December romance sort of thing blossoming. And the guy gets poked by a plant and then gets sick, is taken to the hospital, and then spits up, as he's in a coma now, but he spits up the larva to a bug. This None of this intro makes sense. It doesn't at all. No, not even. This is a weirdo movie, and I, I'm not surprised that it barely got released. This is back before, like, you know, there was direct-to-video, so, you know, you had to stuff whatever grindhouse or driving you could with a movie like this. Yeah, it's a Canadian production, and it stars Steve Rails back and a cast of 20 or something. And it's set in a rundown hospital that used to be an insane asylum this fact goes nowhere <laughs> they just bring they just bring it up and then leave it why did they call this insect why did they call it why did they stick to the original title i don't understand well as the story progresses you have steve rails back being a cop i'm answering you by the way he's a cop he brings his buddy in who got shot and so there are these kids children there that are kind of like wards of the state now wards of the hospital because their parents just leave them there because they're sick kids leukemia and stuff like that one of the kids when they're on their little goonies adventure being rebellious tweens they're like eight nine ten year old kids they're rebellious they don't ever listen to what the hospital staff says and they're often reprimanded so they're like looking around goofing off and whatever and they hear about this commotion with the bugs but they don't hear too much information so they just go and investigate themselves the little girl says i bet we're gonna find a big blue monkey. Oh, this is 
dumb. I don't get it. I know it's kids, but I don't get it. Like, so the filmmakers were like, I don't know, let's name this movie Blue Monkey. It's said in the movie, but what is it? What is this Blue Monkey, Michael? It's a giant bug. What's it look like? It looks like, I don't remember, a mantis? Kinda. I just watched this movie. This movie's so unmemorable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of... And I even suggested it. I'm such an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a mantis roach thing i mean we could have talked about oh, oh my we god could have I talked about right mimic, right why why are we talking about blue monkey why are we talking about joe's apartment uh, that was no oh, those big are bug, big bugs those are Damn. tiny bugs joe's apartment is ah uh, i love it but, welcome to joe's apartment it's our apartment too we've been here for half a million years right. we'll here after you <laughs> Every time I kill a roach because we have these palmetto bugs around here and they get into houses when it rains. Palmetto bugs are the flying variety of cockroach. They hang out in palm trees or palmetto trees. And this is a city of palms, they call it, because there's lots of palm trees around. So sometimes they get in when it rains. And when I find them, I flush them and I always reference <laughs> sewer surface. Give me a kiss, asshole. That's my favorite line from that. I don't know why. <laughs> so, uh, just apartment aside, those are little bugs. Big bugs. We could have been talking about Mimic. I mean, those are man-sized bugs. Oh my god, we missed so many things in the Mimic. Well, the Mimic trilogy is actually quite uh, good. I actually like all three parts. You do? So that could be like a franchise frenzy episode. Oh yeah, quite. I only kind of like the first one. I didn't really like the follow-ups. This is kind of like a Mimic situation, except there's nothing mimicking, but there is a nest. There is, uh, it's kind of aliens in this sense, where there's now a queen bug just starting to make more bugs, or threatening too. Yeah, but that's kind of in all of those big bug movies after Blue Monkey. It feels like that was kind of a go-to. They always would find a nest. Right. And they had to destroy the nest. Right. But the effects in this movie are pretty good, which is the reason why you should watch it is because of the effects. No other reason than to know no, that you Steve saw... Steve Railsback isn't even that interesting. No. Usually, usually Railsback kind of has a crazy, wild energy about him. No, not in this one. No. Um, just to know that you saw a movie called Blue Monkey that had no Blue Monkey in it. That's, that's really the major reason why you should watch that one. Yeah, well, let's just say this real quick. I rented it on VHS 10 years ago, and I didn't remember anything about it, except the fact that I didn't understand the name. And then I watched it two weeks ago, and I have almost forgotten everything about it already, except for the fact as, hey, look, Sarah Polly. Oh, right. Oh, huh, as a kid. So, like, yeah. That's it. It's a Canadian production, like I said, so that's why she's in it. Everybody says a poot. <laughs> it's Blue Monkey. There is no Blue Monkey. It's just a throwaway line that a kid said. The effects are pretty great for a Canadian film, though. That's all. Okay, moving on. Moving on. We have tits. Come get your bags, guys. This place looks worse than the projects. It started out small. It's got measles bumps. It's a tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What is so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get off now! And grew. Just don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it, it attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this. Unthinkable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where civilization ends, the nightmare begins. Everybody get upstairs! Go! Ticks. It's not nice to mess with Mother Nature. So gross. So it, there's stuff I love about ticks or stuff that just drives me up the wall in the fact it's one of those where it has the dumb teenagers mixed with some good teenagers, but you hate the teenagers so much there's no really... Oh, come on. Alfonso Ribeiro is trying so hard to ditch the character of Carlton from Fresh Prince that he goes so over the top, you're like, oh, this is cartoonish. This doesn't make any sense. And I don't believe a second of it. It's troubled teens going to a sort of therapy camp out situation except they're gonna be hanging out in a cabin with a psychologist and his wife and their teen daughter or her stepdaughter alfonso's character is super tough except like when the therapy people show up the woman is like hey and he's like oh nothing hey i'm a sweetheart and then right in front of her, he starts to bully the little ginger kid who is Seth Green. And he's little and ginger. That's why I say it. I just want people to know who may not have good eyesight. He's little and ginger. Still keeping his hairdo from Airborne. That hairdo is only of <laughs> that, that time period. That was his hairdo all throughout <laughs> the 90s. Yeah. But he bullies Seth's character who he has PTSD and it's been lasting 
like since he was a child his dad left him out in the forest alone so if he's alone he freaks out but if people are around he kind of has guts and moxie it's just a very strange script you also have pot grower clint howard i'm infested Yeah, so Clint Howard is the reason why this movie is a movie. This this whole thing happened. <laughs> Can you see the him? Get, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the cast here. Yes, you have Peter Scolari. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Uh, Rising star, uh, Seth Green. Okay, okay. Alfonso Ribeiro. I like him. I like him. But, uh, you know, I don't think we have a real name here to get this greenlit to sell to the marketplace. Oh, you've signed Clint Howard. Greenlight. And bonus, get his dad, too, as the sheriff. Can he bring the same energy that he brought to the masterpiece known as The Rake? <laughs> no, no, he can't. Uh, nope. The we Wraith love Rughead. Is, oh, is, it's heartbreaking. Mas- yeah. <laughs> yeah, The Wraith is his masterpiece, I think, his performance, at least his hair. <laughs> yeah. His hair is doing the best performance in the film. Here, though, he's a pot grower and he uses or misuses a steroid that is supposed to make super pot. And it drips down, and it makes super tits. Oh my tics. god, why did they make a movie about that? Why soft- has there not been a movie where you smoked weed and you got superpowers? Mega weed! <laughs> Softball-sized ticks? How big are they? Are they a little bit bigger? Half a football no, size? They, yeah, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, about uh, like a kid's football, something like that. Yeah, I hate ticks. Amy Dolans is in this too. I'm not- Amy Dolans, who was my first yeah, childhood crush. Yeah, she's the rich kid. She's out of control, but she's in my heart. <laughs> yeah, Amy Dolans plays the oblivious rich girl. She played a lot of horror movies at this time. Does that seem strange? How did she even get cast in horror movies in the first place? I thought she would be in like those teeny bopper or like TV shows or something. You know, like you know, uh, she's out of control. She, she led to some like you know save- those Dean Cameron movies, Miracle Beach, and so <laughs> on. Uh, you're giggling because you're. Or as he of calls boobs. it, Miserable Beach. <laughs> he calls it Miserable Beach? Yeah, that's when he knew his career was over, is when he did Miserable Beach. <laughs> oh, that movie's like boobs all over the place. That movie doesn't even like try to not be softcore porn. <laughs> it's stupid. I can't remember. And- <laughs> can't remember at all. Now, Ski School 2, Ski School 2 is close to being porn. But why he actually wasn't a- This is before people had like online porn. They had to watch stuff on Showtime and Cinemax. So yeah. that's why Ski School led to Ski School 2 and that there was, uh, uh, um, you know, Meatballs 4, stuff like that. We're off topic but this is a good thing to talk about later <laughs> is it is it really <laughs> no, no it's not no, not really i just love ski i love ski school too okay <laughs> it's, it's not a good movie but um they improv the entire movie seriously watch ski school too there is no hey, script did, did you like see an outline and do you do- watch always sunny yes yes i did and he shows up on that because they reprised the whole ski school thing in always sunny in like uh last season or season before oh i have not seen that season i know he shows up but uh i haven't not watched that season i stopped at season nine it's it's really fantastic actually if you've seen and have any affinity towards any dean cameron movies you'll enjoy that episode. Oh, I wish he was in a big bug it's movie because I know you're going to cut all this. Son of a bitch! <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. I'm not going to cut any okay. of this. No, no, no. It's it's good crap because, I mean, we had nothing for Blue Monkey. Uh, nothing. <laughs> so, nothing. Uh, um, you get nothing. Now leave. Good day, sir. <laughs> the thread here is Amy Dolan's is the common thread Oh, my here. God. Amy so. Dolan, seriously. Uh, her and Alyssa Milano vied for my... I had my Betty and Veronica... I had no idea that I existed. <laughs> oh, I see. Huh. Tix is curious. one of those movies that was mm. lost for a while, and I'm glad that Shop Factory picked it up, but I'm curious as to why Shop Factory hasn't grabbed any more titles from... What's the company? The one with the bird? I don't remember. Uh, it wasn't Republic? Yeah, yeah. Tix is one of those movies that you may not have discovered on VHS. Now, is this one of the very first, like, alternate director's cut on VHS? Oh, I don't know. I had it at Blockbuster when I worked there, and I never watched it. I just knew that it was on cable. So the box is there with yeah. Amy Dolan's face on it being all scared, and then it has a big tick on her face, and she's... I love the special effects. I, this is a squirm movie. This is a movie kind of like Arachnophobia, where um, it really gets up close, even though the Arachnophobia was, for the most part, real. Yeah, these are... Uh, uh, all is all fake. fake. Yeah, they do a good job of making you squirm, though, man. Oh, man, when they do the autopsy, is pretty nasty. And she's like, this is a tick. This is a big tick. Where, what, where did you get this? Yeah. It's, it's a gross, it digs in. 
literally like and figuratively. It's a, it's a icky movie. Uh, I did I did like the part where they discovered... I like... Here's the thing with monster movies. I always feel like they need to build sort of, some sort of mythos and rules. And there is a minor rule with the ticks in that you can fight them off with fire. I love when there is a weapon you can use, not just like open fire yeah. with a gun. I, that's so lazy just to shoot them. They've been doing this with monster movies lately. Have you noticed that? Some of these vampire and werewolf movies, they're ditching the rules and they're just like, oh, I just shoot him in the head. That's bull. That's bull crap. <laughs> well, right. Are, are you referencing Underworld? Right. Underworld, and uh, as much as I liked Wolves, I, they kind of... No, because Underworld, they do use... They have rules. They have bullets that have some sort of magical or, like, ultraviolet bullets. Oh, I bullets. thought that was uh, Blade. Stupid. Oh, that's... It's anything with vampires, like, just let borrow, cannibalize from oh, each other. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful world of public domain villains. So when I moved to Texas... Texas! I moved in with a friend of mine, and he has this sizable backyard, and he has a dog, a German Shepherd. She's a lovely dog. And the summers here get super hot. So one afternoon, probably Saturday, we're all lounging around watching a movie. And Sadie comes in. That's the dog. And she's hanging out in the computer room. And I was going back and forth between the computer room to the movie. I wasn't really interested. I think, I don't know what they were watching. Something something milk toast. Or maybe a ghost movie. Same thing. I'm sitting there at my desk. And I see on the wall a black dot. And I look closer. And it's an orange wall, by the way. And it's moving. It's crawling up the wall. And I realized that's a tick. It's not a deer tick. It's a different kind of tick. But it's a tick. And I'm like, what the heck? Huh. So I get it off the wall and I put it in the toilet, as one would do. And then I go back to my desk. And then almost in the exact same spot, moments later, I look and there's another tick. Which got me thinking, is that the same tick? Am I losing my mind? What happened? I just went over, did I just go over to the toilet? I did, wait, hold on, did I? What happened? So then I take it and I put (laughs) it in the toilet. And I go back to my desk at a different spot on the wall. I see another one and another one and Holy another crap. one and another one and another one and another and another. And it keeps mounting. And I am in an Edgar Allan Poe short story. I'm losing my mind. Holy crap. So I get a paper towel and I collect them on the paper towel anywhere I can find. I mean, I'm glad that the room is a brightly painted color so that they can, they can pop on you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I get them, and I show my wife, and she's like, yeah, those are a lot of ticks. Yeah, I th- they're from Sadie, I'm sure. I don't know why they're all climbing the walls. And my friend is just laying there being like, yeah, wh- whatever. Yeah. And then he has to get up and go do something. So he never saw the ticks. So I put them in the toilet, and I didn't flush because I wanted him to see it. He finally comes back. All the ticks, I've gotten all the ticks into the toilet. And I'm like, I need to show you something. Go look at the toilet. And our other friend was there, and he's like, what, did you take a dump? (laughs) (laughs) Like, because he wasn't paying attention to anything. So he assumed that I was just pulling a a, a stinky turd prank. But no, it was uh, like 20 to 50 ticks. Okay, I didn't expect you to say 50. I expected you to say 5 or 10. No, it was like 20 to 50. So it's like probably in the 40s. Did, but, when, you op- when you open the lid, did they form into one giant tick and mount a counterattack? <laughs> no, they're just sitting there. The mighty blue yonder uh, spoon. Yeah. Nope, not at all even like that. But they weren't black. They were gray. And they were ticks, but they weren't deer ticks or cow ticks. They were a smaller kind. And he had given the dog some medicine that sloughs the ticks off of them. You see, that's yeah. what the deal was. Ah, uh, so yeah, it gets uh, into the blood and the tick bites in and is like, Ew, I can't handle it. And leaves. But for a moment, I was going crazy, literally losing my mind. But that means Sadie had or 50 I, ticks on her and it was just sucking her dry. Yeah, uh, she had so many ticks. She constantly did that summer and so did Rocket. They came in with ticks all the time. Ugh. Yeah, it was awful. And I've always thought of this movie whenever I think of ticks. Yeah, it's a it's an icky movie. I imagine in real I mean, life, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty oh, simple yeah, movie. Oh yeah, it's just monsters on the loose. They're in a cabin. It, it's a it's a, a common tale. I mean, we've seen it so many times. Maybe not so much at that time, but definitely since. Common theme that I like in horror movies, the the horror movies that I do like have some sort of mad science involved. This does, but barely. Very briefly in the mad sciences, don't use steroids on marijuana plant. Mega weed. Because it'll make giant ticks. Gonjasaurus yeah. Rex. Which is a it's a real movie. <laughs> Jeez, you and your Tyrannosaurus stuff. 
Gonjosaurus Rex. <laughs> That's a real movie. <laughs> it is. Someone raised. Is it really? Yeah, it's like a tiny movie from '87. These bunch of pot growers. I guess they revive this dead dinosaur or whatever, and to defend their crops, and it gets on the loose. Gonjosaurus Rex. It's a real no, thing. That's, no, that's so dumb. That's a dumb movie. <laughs> yeah, and you know, at some point, I'm going to be covering this on Trash Cinema. I can't. How can I not? Oh, by all means, go for it. Uh, how? Uh, I'll, just, I'll pair it with the uh, was it Milpitas Monster, which is a monster built out of trash. <laughs> it was made by a bunch of college students. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, high school students. That was high, high school, school students, yeah. dude. In fact, you know, and that it was a cautionary me. tale. That's why they got funding by the town that they were in. Yeah, it was cautionary. It was a socially conscious horror movie. Trash monster, don't litter. So ticks, yeah, ticks is just gross. It's got a lot of Dutch angles. When when uh, Alfonso Ribeiro's character morphs and starts to split apart, it's one of those, you know, you know, every horror movie has like that one, like, this is a sequence, we're going to sell this movie on, people are going to talk about it. It's, yeah, it's that. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. They, It's kind of body horror. I mean, if you think about it. Well, Tony Randall's known for that. He seemed to take the Cronenberg method and, and, and kind of twist it in this. What's that movie that I can't stand? Is it Society? That no. No. Uh, Brian Usna did Randall? Society. Usna does that, yeah. Usna always grosses me out with his body horror. Yeah, I can't stand Society either. You hate it? Hate it. I do too. I hate that thing. The major reason isn't the grossness, it's the 1989-ness of it. Yeah, yeah, the it's yuppies. The, the 90210 the world of people. Baywatch feel to me. Well, it, ha- yeah. it doesn't help that Billy Warlock's in that. Yeah, I mean, like he did it while he was doing Baywatch, I guess. You know what? That's the best last name I can think of for a movie star. I'm going to change my name right now to Michael Warlock. (laughs) Do it. We're done. Cook's a boring last name. Michael Warlock. No, but it's not bad. Uh, There's been some great characters in cinema and fiction and TV shows that have the last name Cook. But Warlock kind of beats Cook, I think. Hell yeah. Michael Warlock. I'm I'm, going to own that right now. And then uh, watch as everybody else goes, oh, rolls their eyes. (laughs) Another one of Michael's stupid things. I'll change it in a week. (laughs) This week I'm Michael Dusendorf. (laughs) Michael Pajama Pants. (laughs) Your last name is Pajama Pants. Michael, put the lime in the coconut and drink it all up. too long, sir. Too long. Well, put the lime in the coconut is my middle name and uh, drink it all up is my last name. Right, right. I get it. No, you don't. You don't get it. You don't get me, man. I'm too kind cool of for do. school. Yeah, I'm do. mentally ill. I just, I just <laughs> also don't think you're that funny. Oh, burn! No, it's tickle. He stamped me real good. <laughs> and, but you know, I say that, but then on the show, I'm always giggling. So whenever you do something silly, <laughs> because I apparently have no holds barred, even if it's not funny, I'm sure I just go for it. I swing for those fences. I'm like Nicolas Cage without the money. Actually, Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage without the money. <laughs> well, that's an actually funny joke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did you write that down beforehand? Did no, I'll forget it. We recorded it. <laughs> Good. Kingdom of the Spiders. Oh, my God. That's There's ridiculous. plenty of big bug movies. Oh, that's a crazy movie. He overacts on a damn poster. <laughs> Kingdom of the Spiders had Shatner, and that was 1977. And, man, seriously, just before Star Wars, everything looked like trash for the most part. Yeah, Damnation Alley, same after, year. After Star Wars, everything changed. Look at Damnation Alley, giant bugs. But it's the old shitty stop-motion method, and everything looks terrible. That is literally released, like, a month before Star Wars, and it looks terrible. Of course, it was Roger Corman, so hey. Yeah, and then the that, that Ants movie. Mant? It's an island ant movie. It has Chris Pine's dad in it. What? Hawaii Ant. Hawaii Ant? <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> That's going to be a movie! No, uh, Empire of the Ants. Yeah, I've never seen that one. All I've ever seen is the MacGyver episode where he had to beat a bunch of ants back. It's like, I'll use my brain in a paperclip. Joan Collins, Robert Pine, a bunch of TV actors. They are going to sort of like a, a timeshare presentation on an island. We'll build these condos here oh, and, and here they and get, here. They get punished for leaving? But the, the island is overrun by giant ants. But how they do it is they have macro footage of ants on blue screen oh no and they superimpose them over oh. the scenes and it, it's really this bad but good. it's surprisingly if you're in the right mood entertaining but it's very tv oh, so i'm always in the right mood for trash so big Urgh. bug movies have been around for forever you have them like i said big bug. 
Big bug! Empire of the Ants, Kingdom of the Spiders, which is just regular sized spiders, though, I think. What is the old movie? The, you know, the H, or the, Tarant- uh, uh, Gordon, what's his name? Tarantula. Yeah, Tarantula, and then there was Food of the Gods with Giant Rats. Beginning of the End, Monster like a- Island. Yeah, there's... Well, Godzilla, in a way, a lot of those. I mean, look at Mothra, that's a big bug monster. That's, yeah, but still. But... That's Kaiju. What we have here... The next one came about from a short, a really fantastic short. The black and white short made by Australian director Ellery Elkayam. He directed a fantastic short. He actually, it's called Larger Than Life, 1998, and he used CG for the spider and it was a big spider and then he directed another bug movie with little bugs called they nest uh little cockroaches not to be confused with the roger corman movie from 98 they nest which i think had tim thomerson in it set in maine they nest has a bunch of cockroaches it's lame i don't like it but he then got tapped by dean devlin to expand his larger than life into a feature film that was, I think, just called Iraq Attack. Oh, yeah, and then we went to war. Oops. Yeah, we went to war with Iraq, 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 and they just phonetically were like, no, that just sounds like we're fighting Iraqis. That's People aren't going to want to. It's a big bug movie. They're going to be confused because America's dumb. So call it, well, what, what do they call it? Eight-legged freaks! This is a story of monsters. Something ate your cat? Creatures. I've seen And you will too. Oh my god! Get back! Wait, like it break! They call it this because during the ADR session, David Arquette yelled eight-legged freaks it wasn't even part of the script or anything he was just ad-libbing going off script and they liked it so much that they plugged it into the movie and that just became the title for it and i actually think it's a great title for it however this last time that i saw this film the special effects did not hold up yeah but this is a 30 million dollar movie this is not a big movie this is is uh it feels handmade i know it's a studio movie i know it's warner brothers and i know it's basically a derivative of gremlins in a way oh it's it's a combination of thank you for bringing this up yes the spiders all have gremlin properties but it's also dawn of the dead oh yeah because the mall yeah, yeah return of the living dead chud gremlins killer clowns dawn of the dead and joe's apartment joe's apartment is the little noises that they make you're right i didn't really think about the wraparound stuff like uh killer clowns huh yeah so here's the deal these bugs yes toxic wastes for some reason being stored under the city under the mall in these old mines that have methane deposits comes up later in the film the town owner i guess he owns a town he's like the mayor but he's he actually owns a town and the mall the mall went bust so it's just this empty mall the mines weren't working but there's a gold main through the mine that the guy who once owned the mine is now dead swore he saw on his deathbed and they couldn't find it after he died so david arquette comes home after 10 years he's the son of the guy who owns the mine so now he owns the mine in the meantime there's a spider collector played by our friend tom noonan noonan do you, do you notice how many i apologize everybody i apologize for Did all the references to references it's ridiculous that i apparently don't speak english i only speak in references. <laughs> so tom noonan is a spider guy this little boy hangs out with him and his mom is the sheriff and she's like he's creepy stay away from him has he ever played anybody who wasn't creepy he always seems like that's his niche like you never see him as like the banker <laughs> or uh, the local librarian unless the librarian is like the guy who's watching over like demon the thing is tom noonan has incredibly kind eyes he's a kind man but he always plays scary guys it's kind of a christopher walken situation with him where they're nice people but they're cast as heavies or monsters or bad people he was a frankenstein yes there he's a nice guy monster squad he's not nice in last action hero Mm -mm. though but but the funny way the way he talks though is kind of warm and funny you're like oh he's a horrible killer but yep he's so endearing yeah he has a gentleness to him these bugs get doused with the chemical x i'll call it it's the toxic waste because there's a car accident not quite an accident he drives and he, the car shakes the loose barrel chud or return to living dead too right i think return to living dead too no first well okay hold on in the first one it's the discovery of that one barrel but in part two yeah one gets loose yeah. i think one or two of them get loose yeah i get i get bud the chud and return to living dead too confused yeah actually that's what i'm doing too i think so anyway 
<laughs> the, the 80s were full of these movies that have the same plots and this one borrows heavily from it but applies it to spiders and where the special effects do you think it's coincidental that he would later buy the rights to return of living dead and do part four and five uh i'm not sure if they're all interlinked like if that's just a thing that he likes to do i don't know if he really was behind full steam ahead behind it or if he was just hired to do them no i'm pretty sure he owns the rights and then he sold them on ebay which nobody cared for <laughs> wow that's weird yeah i've never heard of a movie rights being sold that's a strange thing but i guess he it cost him a lot to make both movies even though he shot them back to back in bulgaria they're terrible they're god awful they're it, so bad the talent that he shows in eight legged freaks is like a one-time only deal apparently because it never happens again yeah like you just said the talent is there but that actually might be dean devlin that's what i was thinking i uh, feel like parent? dean devlin came in and and he probably fixed everything either in uh he might have taken over on directing he might have edited things in post i don't know how is it you go no no here's 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 the story that happened with the director and dean there's a shot and i'm listening to the commentary and there's a shot where it's literally just the driver's perspective of a forklift and it just kind of rams into a wall or like a door to block it and dean devlin refused to do that shot he's like no we don't need it we don't have time and so they diverted Dean Devlin's attention, they distracted him, and then they picked up the shot, and then he snuck it into the movie, and Dean was like, I don't remember this shot at all being on the slate. What? He's like, you know, muttly. <laughs> I got away with it. Under your nose, man. So it seems like Dean Devlin was like the traditional old school shepherd. He has the big rod and staff with the hook at the end of it and just starts yanking the sheep. <laughs> the director being the sheep. No, get back over here. I'm the producer. Incidentally, Dean Devlin's directorial debut is geostorm huh. so i mean i can't believe what is with this uh giving 100 million dollar movies or more to people who have never directed anything when we were younger you had to work your way no, up. he's a tried and true producer yeah but he's never actually directed he's a tried and true I producer. Like should, you, should, you should warm up first try a 25 million dollar movie work your way up i mean they're giving the new x-men movie to simon kinberg who has never directed anything before and i'm just like why would you give him 200 million dollars that doesn't make any sense you'll work your way up kids because he's not an auteur and the producers can push him around to make them do what they want. That's it. Oh yeah, that worked out so well with X-Men 3 The Last Stand. Well, that was Brett Ratner. Yeah, Ratner is not an auteur. He, he did everything that was on the script. He didn't do anything differently. It's just actually he's a bad director. I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't hate X-Men 3. It's just nowhere nearly as good as the first two. Or the next one. Or the next one. Or the next one. It just seems like it, it was unnecessary. Yeah. And now they're going to be back doing another Dark Phoenix thing. Yeah, which is stupid. Which is They've already dumb. done it. Don't do it again because I know they're overhauling the universe, but don't do it again. Walk away, people. Walk away. There's other stories to tell. Seriously, follow the mutants. Follow the mutants is the great. No, not follow the mutants. The mutant massacre storyline is the greatest X Men story ever. I know everybody loves the Dark Phoenix story, but no, mutant massacre is a phenomenal storyline, and no one's touched it. And I'm shocked. You hear that? What? Did you fart? Crickets? No. Oh God, they're coming, yeah. aren't they? It's time. No, it's just you're like talking comics, and I'm like, yes, that's a thing. It is shocking that you don't read comic books or you didn't read comic books because you seem so in line with that kind of, you know, I mean, I adore them and, and uh, I, most of the people who have like similar tastes all read comic books. I, Did you, I like some art. The art I like is old. It's much older than the stuff that happened in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I like the stuff that ends in like 82 or 3 stylistically the artwork from like 83 85 onward it just starts getting like i don't i don't like it so you, you kind of cap out like neil adams and uh you know that's yeah maybe it. so like uh artwork the storytelling can be through the images and stuff but i just don't dig comic reading it kind of it kind of bores me but i love art and i love making the art i don't like making sequential art i like doing the one shot image thing that's fun i don't know i know i'm a weirdo i'm the weirdo i know you're not the weirdo it's me it's okay it's me uh eight-legged freaks let's get back on board eight-legged freaks what happened to dougie doug he's so enjoyable in this and pretty much everything i've ever seen him in and then he kind of does that 
Goodbye. Yeah, here he's a conspiracy theorist, which is interesting because it's Dougie Doug, and if you don't know who he is, he's a black man. And what's interesting about that is black men are not typically shown as conspiracy theorists in cinema. I don't see it. I just see no. crazy white guys, and this guy is interchangeable with that. Didn't have to be a black guy, but he is, and I'm glad he is because it's different and interesting. And it's Dougie Doug. He's funny. Like you said, he's a funny dude. What I usually hate about these kind of movies is they always add a comedic character in, but rarely ever are they funny they use like a rob schneider whiny bitchy moaning oh but this but has dougie doug does but he finds a way to make it funny there's a thing that he does and i swear it must be improv is when he's on top of the i think it's on top of the radio station i can't remember he's on top of a building yeah and he's like you guys aren't gonna probe me and he stops for a second and goes and then jumps and i'm like what is that weird moment yeah, well, this has another comedic actor, too. Rick Overton. All right. But Rick's kind of a subtle comedian. The Once Upon a Time Rufus on TV's Bill oh, & Ted. Oh, boy. But, Don't you dare. But, uh, Don't you dare yeah. bring that up in this house. <laughs> well, uh, the other actors in this, uh, you have Carrie Wurr. She's fantastic. This is her best work I've ever seen her in. She's fantastic. She's. I think it's funny. You know, our, so our, our, friend, our friend Ken Reed brings up Carrie Wurr all the time on his show, but he only ever mentions Beastmaster 2. When this is clearly, this and Sliders are, you know, what most people know her for. I don't really think they know her from Beastmaster 2. <laughs> Beastmaster 2 is one of the worst acting jobs I've ever seen. She's terrible in it. Yeah. This is, it is her first movie after the MTV stint that she had. But here, she knows her job and she does it. She's great. And her daughter here is Scarlett Johansson. So young. Back when she was a teenager. Yeah, you know the kid that's in this? The boy? I thought he was going to be big. Yeah. I he was going to be a big star. I haven't seen him. I don't think I've seen him much beyond well, this. Well. Or have I? You did. You saw him in one thing. Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, that was it. But I mean, like, as a grown-up. Maybe no. he just retired. <laughs> I was waiting for you to go, Michael, he's been playing Maybe. Captain America for the last decade. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, his name's Scott Terra, not Chris Evans. <laughs> Scott Terra sounds like a superhero name. He controls the Earth. Yeah, that would be. You're That'd right. Be Geoforce. No, I, I guess he's in a bunch of. Uh, no, he capped out at 2003 and then he came back like 2007 and 2010 he did a lot of stuff in early 2000s kid actors man don't want to do it later that's their prerogative now there's another thing that you i'm with that you mentioned earlier about you know the whole gremlins thing was about giving each one of them kind of personality there's another thing that they picked mm -hmm. up from gremlins is mayhem it's not really like a horror kill it's just chaos mayhem and chaos you really don't see them kill anybody it's just kind of like leaping on them grabbing them you have them attack punch holes through walls and a few people are grabbed but they're all peripheral and in the background yeah it's kind of just like set up for gags too it's it's kind of like the looney tunes rule is get a situation and think of as many gags as you can so there's tons of stuff they pick up at the mall in the town when they're running through you know and i love the fact they're always set in these small towns i miss the square that universal studios used to use all the time you know which i think believe started with grandma yeah. using monster squad and and a few other movies around that time back to future and Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, which is the greatest monster movie ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Lorelai, get over here. You're grounded. Rah. Where's my coffee? I want to see a Gilmore Girls now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Gilmore Girls. The creatures from the Black Lagoon. Gilmore. The Gilman Girls. Gilman Girls. Grimoire Girls. The Kilmore Girls. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> that set actually... They use that set. I drove by that set while they were filming early episodes uh, with my dad. We went to Universal Studios that one last time before we left California and Gilmore Girls was being shot. I saw people standing around next to a craft table. Yeah, my, my you might have been there around the same time my sister and my mom were there. It was at 2003, mm -hmm. 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. They went, they went to that set. So the part where the special effects really fall apart, it's daytime CG and it's hard to do actually back in 2003. It was the motorbike jumping spiders sequence. Oh, right, right, right. And that's where I was actually really disappointed because I love jumping spiders and I remember really enjoying this film. And the jumping spiders... The animation's fine, but the CG effects on it, it's, it's almost like uh, Scorpion King. It doesn't look married into the environment. It doesn't look like part of yeah. the environment. It's not as bad as Scorpion King. Now, they could do it where it looks actually like it's a thing in the environment, unless it's a sci-fi channel. 
film. This looks like a sci-fi channel film now, as far as those jumping spider scenes happen. Well, I think the difference is now is digital video. Eight-Legged Freaks was shot on film. Sure. Any of the other scenes, they're not too bad. They're pretty good, actually. But that was the one scene where I was like, ouch, you didn't age well. I was going to say, this is the only one that I recommend, but I really enjoyed the last movie. And the fact that they got so much done in this next movie. Yeah. For the budget they had, it shocks me. Flash forward six years. There's a movie that came out starring Ray Wise and some other people. I know that kid from something. It's on Joan of Arcadia, I think. Chris Marquette, Brooke Nevin, Ray Wise. Those folks are in this film, and this film is Infestation. The one species that scares people the most is also the smallest. But wouldn't it be scary if they grew? Hello? Really? Really? Big. I got to fight with a giant bug. Looks like a mutant lobster. <laughs> now that's what I'm talking about. And there are flying ones. Dying! This year, get ready for the freakiest. Oh, I don't want to say Crawliest and craziest infestation ever. Run! I haven't had this much fun since Fallujah. So infestation, oh you just said you like it the most. Yeah, Eight-Legged Freaks is a fine film. I think it's a lot of fun. You can watch it with anybody. But infestation has these moments in it that truly stick with you. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a couple moments are haunting, but it's also about the relationships between everybody. It is. Especially with him and his dad. It follows the Dawn of the Dead 2004 template. People wake up or are in this situation whatever the crazy outlandish situation is and they are dispersed and then they have to regroup and they don't know each other so part of the drama comes from trying to get along the other part of the drama is trying to survive the situation and that is what dawn of the dead 2004 had and that's what this movie has that's key i think to why this movie is good there's a question on my mind this is produced by icon is icon mel gibson's company but he just doesn't put his name on it icon entertainment is still mel gibson's at the time of this See, movie do you think produced. this was originally intended for theaters i don't know it was intended to have a sequel i know that much i don't know how much this movie costs to make yeah that's the thing okay so kyle rankin let's let's rewind a little bit kyle rankin is the director of battle shaker heights he was the very first winner of project Greenlight. yeah and it took a long time to get to infestation it was like a six-year gap both movies are damn fine i haven't seen his new one night of the living deb no i haven't seen that either I wonder i'm what... interested now that it, i realize it's the same director but i haven't picked it up yet why is it, it seems like certain directors just cannot get movies made they take forever oh, and then some people are like churning out like five or six movies every decade and you're like how are you doing this some people are putting out two movies a year and like who, who signed you off for this <laughs> could be even down to temperament personal temperament certain directors are more i guess in your face or more laid back or more timid it all depends i don't know there were other movies on it could have been on this list that this one just beats out there's a newest movie in the big bug thing is called stung and it's a german produced film that it's all american actors like lance henriksen and stuff but uh and you now what, what isn't lance henriksen in yeah when <laughs> now when you say lance henriksen it's not pedigree and I, I hate to say that it's not pedigree anymore because he takes so many just i'll do it yes i'll do it what it's it's a poodle attacking a bunch of people and the poodle is only like the size of a snail sure i'll do it <laughs> that's not a good idea don't how much does it pay is the only question being asked how much does it pay how many days okay we're good eric roberts already took the role damn can, can you break up the eric roberts role can they be twins fraternal twins <laughs> I'll do it. You guys don't look anything like Oh, well, all right. Okay. Uh, we were so good in Nature of the Beast, and we like sharing paychecks. Yeah, so that movie had a really good trailer. Um, Giant Wasps is what that one was. It's called Stung. It had the, the whole thing about stinging a person in the eyeball, which freaks me out. Ew. It's one of my things, man. I don't have a lot of them. Eyes. I have the one thing with the eye, and also my head being ground to bits. You <laughs> know, I think death and proof. What? Or something with a tire just grinding at my face oh Not, yeah do you remember thing. two years ago when i got my hand caught in the vacuum and it turned on and it shredded like yes. the top two layers of my skin off <sighs> 
yeah, I think about that a lot. I think about that on various parts of my body, just grinding. It's not just a slice or a hack, where it's just like a you know, blunt, quick, fast. This is a thing where my hand just kept getting fed into the machine as it was taking layers off and getting, I couldn't get it out. And I was panicking. I didn't think just to flip it over and turn it off. I mean, it was hard to do anyway because my hand was stuck in a certain way that I couldn't flip it. But I could unplug it. Right. I don't know. I just panicked as it was mowing just, you know, the layers ah. of my skin away. Yeah, and I think about that in Death Proof. Yeah, so... But I got a thing, I got a thing with needles, too. Needles and stings. Like, uh, what is it, in Permanent Midnight when Ben Stiller puts a needle in his eye? Yeah, dude. Yes, so eyeball stuff. So Stung has that, so it has things that are, like, gonna get to me. But what it doesn't have, I think, is compelling interactions between characters. This does. Well, it's also, it's the rules. It's another movie that uh, establishes its rules of how the bugs attack, how they do certain things. They're original and unique in the way that they approach those situations. Instead of just, oh, big bug, disaster, you know, Rankin was really smart in how he developed the characters, and he also developed the mythos. Yeah, well, well, the bugs don't see you, they hear you. They work on sound, echolocation. That's very interesting. There are characters that make very dumb decisions, as there would be, I think, in these situations. You want to stay together, but some don't stay together. The special effects themselves are pretty compelling. Only a couple of times do they seem any kind of uh, dorky, you know? The poodle. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's the big payoff. The payoff special effects we're going to get to. But the regular special effects where they're just the bugs. The bugs are beetles. Some of them are like beetles or, or mutations or variations on beetles that we have here. And some of them are like wasps. The car sequence where the wasp thing just goes after the car and just rams into it is pretty great. We should say this. This is not like your typical bug movie. They haven't been radiated with anything. They haven't doused in any chemicals. They're from another galaxy. They land with a meteorite. So there's this kid he's a slacker and he's about to get fired from his job that his dad got him ray wise and there's this awful noise that happens it's just this frequency thing and everybody blacks out and when they wake up they're encased in sort of gauzes and a bug just gets off of his face when he wakes up and then he pukes up this white stuff. Every time anybody wakes up after they've been encased, they puke up white stuff, which is just pretty gross. Why? Why exactly Um, is that in their mouth? Well, they inject them in the cheek, so I think maybe it's the payoff at the end of it. If you have that in you and you don't wake up and puke it out, you're going to be affected by it. Oh, gotcha. So they do the banding together, and that's fine and good, and they have to travel to an army base. That's the story of every type of post-apocalypse thing. You want to get to the uh, safety of the government if it's still in play. But they stop off at his dad's place first. Actually, other people's places too. And they find, this is what you were talking about. You said the poodle, but there's a man first. Which that special effect is disturbing. The way that he's just completely like dead, like almost a zombie. And he's the first along we see with this transformation. There's really nothing left of him, and it's it's creepy as hell. So up until this point, it's just big bugs. It's big hornets, it's big beetles, it's big bugs. And then this thing, it's a spider man. It's great. And when I watched this this time, because I'd seen this twice, this time I was just like, oh right! Like, it's new to me again. I forgot this happened and he's like got his arms up like a praying mantis and then yeah he attacks them and they have to kill him and all that stuff and then later they do that with the dog and that's a really funny version of it pretty great there's a there's a thing that bugs me about this movie i didn't mean that as a joke <laughs> i didn't think about it before i said it <laughs> you know the the gentleman uh the, the large black man with the hearing aids he only has a hearing problem correct he has a hearing problem and he doesn't speak very often well, it's just the way he holds his face, he almost makes him slow. And I don't understand why he played it like that, why the director let him play it like that, because he always has his mouth open and like this dead, vacant stare behind his eyes. And I, I thought that's Well, I don't know if it's vacant. I think it was deaf. more like I think it was more like, um like what? Like when we when you say what and you're really meaning it. What? Yeah, but he but like played that. it like he's and it's lost just, he's behind like the eyes. Frozen frozen into that what is what i'm thinking i don't know when i watch the movie and i once i say this i i see i wish you would just go watch it again just to see what i'm saying just watch his moments especially early half of the movie he i swear they're playing him as if he was a simpleton and i didn't get that out of the description of the character just the performance 
Yeah, maybe so. Simpleton in the sense of like Charlie, I think that's a character's name of Mice and Men. Sort of like that, but not so, it's not played for laughs at all. He's a good character, I like him. Towards the end, he actually becomes a, a more fleshed out character. Yeah, you actually well he also does so much, so many things that you don't expect him to do. Right. Pretty much anything, he'll do it. And it's like, whoa, you have no uh, caution or fear of this? No, you just go for it. Yep, he loses his dad along the way. His story is pretty sad, but also friendship and family and alliance with people who deserve it like this kid is a slacker until the apocalypse and then when the apocalypse happens he shines he knows the logical things to do and there's no setup prior like i know this because i play video games a lot it's just like instinct for him yeah i think the big guy really recognizes that the kid is not a screw-up like his dad keeps on insisting you know i think the best relationship in this is with ray wise and his dad now ray wise is not in a whole lot of this he's kind of an and role no he's one of those two-dayers yeah. but the playful relationship they have between each other like one up in each other uh, I, I thought was amusing even towards the end you know when things are getting really bad he's like ah you'll be one <laughs> or I'm up one. Yeah. So you were saying the thing that bothered you was with that character, but the thing that bothers me was the very end of this film. It's a cliffhanger, and it, there's too long of a time between then and now for there to be a sequel. Yeah, at least you hang it. Totally bumps. It bums me out. Yeah. I don't like any movie that knows at the moment that there's only one, that there's there's no sign up for a sequel, and it leaves you hanging. It always drives me nuts. The only time that ever worked out, it seems, was Back to the Future by having kind of a to-be-continued, and they actually wrapped it up. Right. So here, they're, they're getting their stuff together. They've just blew up the hive and all that stuff. They're dusting themselves off, and then you hear a noise. We don't know what, and the characters turn around, but they're looking beyond the camera, and they go, oh my god, or something like that, and Cuts to black. What do they see? More aliens? More alien bugs? Meteor bugs? What do they see? We'll never know. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I don't think a Kickstarter is going to be uh, done for this. And by now, here's the problem with a lot of these movies that are good, but don't get a huge release and, and notice, unlike, you know, the way it was when we were kids, is there's too much product out there now. Hardly anything gets discovered on video later. Because every day, it seems like, oh, 100 movies were released today. You're like, what? How? And then, oh, special editions and re-releases. You're, you know, and yeah, the whole network of shows just debuted on Hulu. Yeah. Or... Too much to watch. Netflix is doing the same thing that Hulu's doing. They're competing. And then Amazon's doing the same thing. They're competing. Brand new, brand new, brand new. And it's just, there's some really good old stuff, too. Yeah. Well, do you think that The Howling would ever get past part two if it wasn't for being discovered on video? Oh, right. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Well, uh, that's our show for you. <laughs> yeah, I did not end this. Awkward. <laughs> but yes, that is it those are our bug recommendations you don't really have to see blue monkey if you're feeling nostalgia for the 90s hit ticks eight-legged freaks early 2000s not bad but really good is infestation yes definitely definitely a movie that should have been discovered but here's the thing is that it has no stars you know a decent sized budget but no huge sequences so i can't imagine any studio at that time picking it up it's not the way it is now with video on demand being so big and all these smaller companies now releasing in theaters since there's no money left in physical media if infestation had come out like three or four years later i think it would have been bigger yeah would have got word of mouth you know like ifc midnight would have released it or something right or well, uh, i mean which I one think, we love magnet i think stung might have been ifc midnight i'm not sure maybe magnet you're right it's one of those but yeah and it's it's post the huge vhs dvd run where you would discover movies i think the only movie that has been discovered that went straight to video over the last decade and became a much bigger thing was trick-or-treat yeah where it seemed like it was that every other month with vhs there's always this title that came out that built into something bigger on video right kind of a shame infestation is definitely worth your time it looks like a sci-fi channel movie it is much better than most of the garbage they air well it looks in the sense of like when you look at the box the visuals don't look so bad as sci-fi channel I, I know what you mean yeah so that's it. All right. Next episode is something that we're actually behind on. So we'll hopefully come back in a couple weeks and get this. 25 years of the Universal Soldier franchise. We usually do a chunk every year of Franchise Frenzy where we pick something, you know, a series, whatever, and discuss every entry. So I apologize. I'm pretty sure that Universal Soldier's release date was a week ago. And now we're really behind. Oops. Oh, well. It's the same year. Yeah. It's still on video. It's not like it's going to disappear, you jerk. Stop pressuring me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Good night. Good night. 
Give me your keys, asshole. That's a dumb movie. Everybody says, Apu! No! Get back over here. Mega weed. Where's my coffee?